just told a story about me being a podium dancer to Greg Morrow. Mm-hmm. G'day, Greg Morrow. G'day. I don't usually use your full name. No, but it's uh, it's about time you should, to be honest, because I've kind of noticed you not using it and also not saying Mr. Greg Morrow as well. I'm, I was about to say, would you... It's not doctor, is it? It might be. Right. At some stage. I don't, I don't know what my plans are for the future at this stage. But Keep me posted. Yeah, just put it in your newsletter because I do read that every week. <laughs> I should hope so. Uh, they're the dulcet and masculine tones of my mate Greg Morrow, mm-hmm. who if you ever get the chance to see any of his uh, YouTube videos, is one of the finest breakers of the fourth wall that this country, nay, this globe has ever seen. Do you have any really professional-looking website you want to plug? Uh, definitely. Mr. Greg Morrow? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can check out my website at gregmorrow.biz. Um, That's a very professional-sounding. Yep. That doesn't have Mr. No, right. no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, oh, that's is that like the premium plan? You pay it. You've got to pay a lot extra. For Mr. Greg Morrow. Yeah, it's it's not cheap. You've said that before once or twice. Mm. Um, and you can have a look at my YouTube channel as well. It's called Dentist Apprentice. Um, <gasps> that's like the hardest thing ever to say with a lisp. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, look, we're we're like planning on doing. I do some little films and dumb things like that, so you might want to check it out if you want. That's I'll cool. I'll put a thing on the Facey page. Yeah, that'd be mad. That'd yeah. be great. Thank you. Anyway, if you want to check it out, that's cool. Where like by the time this comes out, I should have a little film up there. And I'm is it the one with your buttocks in it? Uh, they all have my buttocks. Oh, in there it. you go. Subscribe or do whatever. Mental. This YouTube is the best things. plug we've ever had. Thank you. I'm really, really happy that you're allowing me to plug myself so calm. Well, someone's got to plug you. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about a bad thing, which is so unusual for a cult. I know, right? A cult podcast. What's the bad thing? Tell me your stupid name. Tell me your stupid name. The bad thing is the... Disaster that occurred in Waco, Texas. It was a disaster. In 1993. It was, at the very least, a PR disaster. (laughs) It depends on your viewpoint. If you're, for example, fire, huge success. I don't know where to start. I think with Vernon Howe. For me, reading that, that's that's where the problem really started. The fact that he was born Vernon. Well, born both Vernon... Wayne Howe. They're not good now. And he's, he's like, mum was Bonnie Sue and his dad was Bobby Wayne. Did they just go, okay, that's it for cool names for our family? <laughs> Welcome to the world, Vernon. <laughs> Never stood a chance. No. Never stood a chance. Do you know any other Vernons? No. I, don't, I, I haven't met a Vernon or heard about a Vernon in, actually, possibly since 1993. Yeah, granted, yeah. after that, probably not a... It's mm. like, you don't, you don't meet many adults. Not that many. No, one or yeah, two. Yeah, one or two. One or two. I, I'm not the most kind of pro-Greg Greg around. I kind of <laughs> find... Well, I mean, Greg, Greg kind of sounds like a one-syllable grunt that some kind of... Um, what, like a pre-vomit noise? Kind of. If you had your choice then. For well, exa- you know, for example, if you were a cult leader that decided to change your name, mm. what would it? What would your first name be? Um, I don't You're know. You're Rick. I'd, I'd just cut to the chase and just go with Jesus, I think. Right. 
I mean, like, what what else are you going to do? Like, it, like, why why would you be David or why would you be anything else when you can just be? Well, true. I change it straight straight up to Jesus Christ. Like, I kind of wouldn't muck around. I'd be like, yep. Vernon came from a fairly dysfunctional family, mm-hmm. and I don't. Which I don't is a surprise, feel... to be honest, because he went on to kind of. Great things. Yeah, you know. Less than 20% of people from dysfunctional families become cult members. There's some good stats, man. Yeah. 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 Where did you get those stats from? The Australian Bureau of Statistics? Facts. Just the facts. Or uh, facts.com.biz. Yeah. That's a solid. Yeah. It's better than .org. But one of the the skills that Vernie had Mm. from an early age, Vernie showed that he was magnificent at... Remembering Bible passages. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So he was he was ratchet at reading and writing, yeah. generally speaking. But was, it, was he dyslexic? I don't or know. Just, just a bit he of did a badly at school and dropped out. Yeah, just and a, just a bit dim, I think. But he, uh, yeah, you're right. Had a photographic memory for Bible verses. I don't know about you, but if you pinpoint that guy at a party, mm-hmm. you have a great time. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I've actually thought about putting on. A number of parties and have then cancelled them because of my lack of photographic memory for for Bible verses. Like I've kind of gone. Because where I grew up and just because everyone did it at the time, Mm. I did go to Sunday school. And so... I did as well. I'm not saying that this is like that whole I enjoy researching thing, but I thought I'm going to read the Bible from cover to cover. I nearly made it. But I spent about three weeks on Song of Songs because that's some sexy shit. Oh, you actually did that? I actually did that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. I don't like I don't like poo-pooing anything unless I know about it. See, I do. <laughs> I, I the majority of kind of what I do is I make kind of over like overarching assumptions, yep. very negative assumptions the majority of the time, and then I make fun of people about things that I don't understand. You're only human, Greg. Yeah. You're only human, Mr. Greg. Yeah. Mr. Jesus, I'm sorry. That's all right. That's okay. I'll, forgi- like, I'll actually, forgive you. You're more like Satan. You have many names. Thank you. Um, so sweet. Can I just make a comment, though? Go on. In researching this, while we're talking about reading things to cover to, mm-hmm. from cover to cover... Did you have trouble finding any good quality documentaries about Waco? Some of the docos that I found, particularly one that I found on YouTube, which I think is one of the most viewed ones about the topic, would have had the cheapest, like the lowest budget for an art department Mm -hmm. I've ever seen in a professional um, production. And I had to kind of periodically stop throughout the... um, the video purely because of David Koresh's wig. It I, was bonkers. And Greg messaged me about this and I was trawling through last minute documentaries last night and I just started one and I just went, no, no, that's the one he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really bad wig. And he's also dressed in like Ed Hardy shirts. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> like all you have to do is find a man with a be- with a little bit of a beard, yep. give him those sweet eighties glasses, and just put some l- put some trousers on him. Put <laughs> Please, for, God, for God's sake, put some trousers on him. Put a long sleeve kind of shirt on him, and that's what you really need to do. They had a fairly high demands. The cheapest wig I've ever seen, um, and yeah, and you've it, seen some cheap wigs. Believe it, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was my research. My research was watching an hour and a half 
of the worst made documentary I've seen on YouTube. I'm quite bored by uh, Vernon's high school years, mm. so I want to skip straight to the Branch Davidians. Sure. I mean, look, I think the kind of the takeaways from Vernon's high school years were relatively dim. Uh, didn't st- wasn't very kind of bright. Uh, did really struggled with reading and writing, and and according to himself, mm. quite lonely. Yeah. I can't imagine that he would have had trouble making friends. Yeah, neither. I mean, I was surprised as well. You know, I thought that he'd be the um, saying Bible verses to kind of adolescent kids. And I don't understand why he wasn't more popular. Oh, as Jim Jones showed, people love that. Yeah. People love it. Yeah, so... Look, I mean, it's it's surprising to me as it is to you Mm, that that, mm, that he mm. wasn't so popular. He went and joined... The Branch Davidians, mm-hmm. which, I mean, everyone knows the cult, everyone refers to the cult as Waco, but it didn't even happen. It, like, the compound wasn't even at Waco, it was Mount Carmel. That's right. Near yep. Waco. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual name of the cult, mm. that's debated by many people, is the Branch Davidians, which was an offshoot of the Seventh Day Adventure. Adventures. Adventures. The Seven Day Adventures. <gasps> oh my God, yeah. we just wrote a movie. It sounds really boring that movie actually no, well i mean like it, it kind of adventures produced by mr mr jesus it would be Joe no it'd Hanna. be like it'd be seven day adventures would be like this kind of mild but like you know with like a somewhat significant budget but then at the end you realize that it was actually funded by a bunch of kind of mental church people so it kind of has like you're like oh wow that was all we right don't say mental church people here at zealot we oh, use really? the acronym mcp okay uh, <laughs> sorry sorry to everyone <laughs> <laughs> I did a fair amount of research on the Seventh Day Adventists. Mm-hmm. So, as far as I know, the history of the Seventh Day Adventists is: break off from them, form your own crew, proclaim someone in that crew as Jesus, mm. and then just repeat that process throughout the American South. I think it's important to be aware that, like. Seventh-day Adventists are all over the place. You know, mm. like, it's not a backwards kind of weird thing. I yeah. mean, like, you know, you can drive around Sydney. Yep. And there are a number of Seventh-day Adventists church. I mean, the, but the it's important to mention that the basis of, of that belief is that they have a deep belief that there will be a second coming of Jesus. Yes. And when that second coming of Jesus occurs, it will be the end of days. So the, the world apocalypse. will end. Yeah. That's right. As you know, I thought it was time. I mean, Mm. if I'm going to be into cults and stuff, Mm -hmm. then so many of them are into the apocalypse that I thought it's time. I have to reread, because I haven't since I was a child, the Book of Revelations. (laughs) Are you tutting me? I'm I'm just surprised that you haven't read the Book of Revelations more than one time. Well, now I've read it twice. (laughs) Okay, well. And the Book of... I'll just do a quick summary. Um, Dot points. I was writing down... A fuller summary, but then I abandoned it mm. because okay, it's written by this dude John. Never heard of him. And no, yeah, it's really it's um, a better name than Wayne. It's the whole thing is about a vision he had. Mm-hmm. So you know what it's like when people try to tell you the dream they had. Yep. Yep. This is this is it. And John ate some cheese before bed. One hundred percent. How old was the cheese? 
It was four days old. Okay. No, no I, it, I guess... it would have been seven days old because everything is about sevens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. So, look, the main points are it's about the events that trigger the end of the world and mm-hmm. the second coming of Jesus. There's a bunch of elders. There's 24. That'll be relevant later if it I will. remember to mention it again. Yep. Um, there's a scroll that describes the process of the end of the world mm-hmm. and that scroll has seven seals on it and these are very important to Verney. Seals as in, I don't know, like not... No, but... Yeah. Like, See, because I was confused. Initially, I, I thought it was a wonderful seaside adventure that I, but, but it didn't... No, that's right. And you just feed it fish and the end of the world doesn't happen. Yeah. I... But I thought too hard about this because this scroll, you know, describes the end of the world but it's all... You have to interpret it, mm. so it's not obvious. And uh, there's a lamb, which some people argue is Jesus, and some people... I don't think it's actually a lamb. Mm. The lamb's dead, P.S. It looks like it's been slaughtered, but it still has the power to open and interpret... Open the seals and interpret the scrolls. Mm-hmm. Okay. So some seals and a lamb. Okay. It's it all like, sounds... It's all, like the zoo. all sounds pretty simple so far. Then I thought... Same as you, I thought, is it like uh, uh, seals yeah, yeah. or is it actual wax seals? And then yeah. I thought, maybe it's pop singer seal. Wow. And then I thought, oh, what are the lyrics to his song? We're never going to survive no, no, unless no, no. we get a little crazy. Is that how that goes? Yeah. That's, those lyrics are awful. <laughs> but it's also reasonably prophetic. So yeah. I think it wasn't wax seals and it wasn't aquatic seals. Hmm. I think it was... Seal. Pop singer seal. Wow. There you go. So, in a nutshell, which it which it really isn't, it's a weird dream. Mm-hmm. Like, there's beasts that are covered in eyes. I know. You can't... Facial expressions don't work on this. Don't they? But you just made some. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, a dude with... Okay. His eyes are fire. And his mouth... There's a sword coming out of his mouth. That- but his feet are bronze. That's that's actually pretty sick to be and honest. I'm on board now. Yeah, yeah. Before I wasn't. I kind of when you were talking about seals and things like that. But when you started talking about the guy with the sword coming out of his yeah. mouth, I'm like, oh, let's do it. Like, and um, there's also that's the whole. I don't know if you've seen the seventh seal with Demi Moore. Um, there's also something with Arnie, Arnie Schwarzenegger in it. That's about that end of days. One of my favourite films. Yes! Yeah. Gabrielle Byrne? Yes. Yes! Gabrielle Byrne is sexy restaurant Satan. Yeah. Yes! Oh, my God. Um, that's about it. And so they've got all these elements. And what? I just went down the rabbit hole. I was Googling, because I really like my Renaissance and pre-Renaissance art, because I'm not a wanker at all. No. And I just, I did Google image search, Book of Revelations art, and holy shit. <laughs> Can you see me tearing up? I can. That was so trippy. That was amazing. I can. Um, also, I also had cheese dreams. Have some cheese. Yeah, I will. Thank you. Uh, um, also, what did happen to Gabrielle Byrne? What's he been when? up to? Oh, just recently. If you're listening, Gabrielle. Give us a shout out. Give us a shout out. We're on Instagram. Mm. I just haven't seen him for, for, for some time. But no. I'm in the, in the, the kind of popular... Uh, the pop, the popular zeitgeist is that a is that a thing? Do people say that? I always hesitate before I say zeitgeist. I do because I don't understand what it means. Zeitgeist, zeitgeist, uh, the vanguard of cultural thought. Okay, 
I still don't know what it means. You know that I'm going to take a very... I'm going to check a dictionary and then decide whether I keep that in or not. <laughs> um, so Vernon, uh, Vernon Wayne Howell has joined the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, well, he's joined the Branch Davidians who are an offshoot of that church. And he's very, very good at remembering Bible passages. Mm. And so he knows Book of Revelation back to front. But mm-hmm. he can also, such as his knowledge of the Bible, mm. he can take little bits out of the, Not that the Bible is open, open to interpretation. Absolutely not. He can take little bits of it and relate it to all sorts of other things mm. in the Bible. So mm-hmm. he can be very convincing. Mm-hmm. So he joins the offshoot of Seventh day adventist but before look before he does that he has i guess a regretful situation where he after he drops out of high school because of being bullied and and not being very good at 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 school he dates a a a girl who is far younger than him i think he's he's 22 22, she's 14 14 so he's and he which is just legal in texas if the parents agree which is Bonkers, yeah. and I mean, I don't know whether that's changed. I truly hope to God that it has. He dates, so he's the f- she's the first girl that he's ever been with. She leads him to I, her bedroom. I hope it's, he's also the first man that she's ever been with. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Texas is a you know, it's a different different place out there. It is. But um, so anyway, so they get together, and he knocks her up. Right. He wants to marry her and she denies him that, which is pretty, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, you want to, you want to lock down a Vernie. You want to lock down a, a, a man that's eight years older than you when you're mm, 14 and mm, pregnant. Mm. And, um, you did that maths very quickly. I did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't I? Um, and so she says, no, she essentially kind of rejects him, but still carries his baby and gives birth to his child. Didn't he eventually marry her though? I don't believe so. No. Wait, was this Rachel? No. <gasps> this is a high school sweetheart. This is a, a girl that he knocked up in high school. Don't come in here with your I didn't do any research and then drop this. <laughs> it was all a ruse, Stormy. <laughs> it was all a ruse. So anyway, so she he does that and then continues on. And once he's now joined the um, the Branch Davidians, he preaches that. And one of the one of the things that he was getting kind of uh, acknowledgement by the congregation was because he was a self-confessed sinner and that was one of his big sins that right. he confessed you know and kind of went on to say you know like i i'm the perfect person to be preaching this stuff because i'm a sinner myself and this is what i've done and although I... later he really didn't consider rooting much no, of a sin did he no that that yeah the, mm. the, the whole rooting kind of zeitgeist was yeah it was certainly on limits at, uh, mm. later on in his life definitely we have to talk about because this is amazing mm-hmm. when Vernie joined the branch davidians <laughs> yeah. there was a dude in charge called george roden mm. so i think victor hutef started it there's a long string of people going, I'm the Messiah, except I'm dead, so mm. I pass this on to my wife or my son. So, when Vernie joins, Lois Roden, mm-hmm. who's late in her late 60s, yeah. uh, she's in charge. Uh, there's rumours that Koresh had an affair with her. However, at the very least, you can say that Lois preferred 
the gentle, preachy stylings of young Verney over her son, George Roden, who is kind of a violent bastard. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, so I think it's kind of safe to say that um, Verney kind of dropped into the bone zone with Lois <laughs> and through that kind of... Wait, I'm just writing down dropped into the bone zone. Hmm, so, so through that kind of bone zone association... Assume the position of becoming the head preacher at the Branch Davidian. So right. essentially, he was rooting his boss, mm. and his boss said, "All right, well, you can do whatever you want." Yeah, yeah. George didn't like it. George was probably a little bit unhinged, significantly so, and didn't like what he regarded as his birthright mm. being swept out from underneath him. Mm. So he chucked him out. Mm-hmm. Verney was out on the street, but because of his great Bible knowledge and mm. preaching skill. A few people went with him and they thought, yeah, we'll live in cardboard and plywood shacks with you in mm. outer Texas. Yeah, and old school buses as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. That's some camping skill. It's some camping skill. And it's also, I mean, it's also one of those things where these people were literally living, I mean, they were essentially living in squalor out yeah. in a campground, basically. In, For, and I heard this on a podcast. Mm. I was like, oh, the place was called Palestine, Texas. No, Palestine. Okay. I think that's how they tell the difference. I see. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good to clarify yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and, and living there full time, living in buses and tents and things with the... And one of the reasons that they kind of, I guess, put up with it was because there was this understanding that it was the end of days. It was, you know, why else would we be putting up with this awful living situation yeah. if the world wasn't going to end. Like, and Bernie is also starting to convince himself and others that he's kind of a bit of a chosen one. Yeah. He sort of thought he was Jesus, although there's, argue, there's argument about whether it was Jesus or a prophet or the lamb, mm. as referred to in Book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Did George Roden just go... Okay, that's fine. One of the most important things to to, mm. to note at this stage is that around this stage, Vernon, um, Verney, as he's so sort of yeah. lovably known to I us. I think we're on a on a Verney name basis. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. He started rocking the sweetest eighties glasses that <laughs> that there are. I mean, look, if you do a Google search for David Koresh, if he was an art director at like a photography yes. studio you'd be like oh of course yeah and that he makes those photography studio oh, shirts man. i find it troublesome because vernie has the face of one of my favorite people from art school and the hair of my favorite ex-boyfriend wow yeah wow so it's a confusing it's that... a confusing time for me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um mind you a number of my ex-boyfriends have the same hair okay really because it's a michael hutchins thing that of a kind of religious extremist or yeah Yeah. well i think because a lot of cult leaders prophesied the michael hutchins thing yeah of course yeah sorry of course yeah yeah perfect sense so day uh sorry vernie he's not david Mm, yet so vernie's hanging out in the old um sticks campground around the corner Mm. um and george still thinks he's a threat george still thinks he's a threat and lois is just hanging about just getting old and Probably missing Vernie a bit. I'd say so. Vernie yeah. and his stylings. Young love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so he, uh, so Vernie kind of goes, I'm not having this. You know, I'm living out in the sticks, blow this. 
and turns up to the Mount Carmel Centre. Wait, wait. This is because of a challenge that George Roden threw down. Is that right? <gasps> this is the best bit! Oh, shit. Go on. Okay. Oh, Mr. Jesus. So, George Roden, he's still, I think because of Lois, because mm. Lois is still so fond of Vernie. And she keeps going on about him. He oh. drops round for tea and a bicky. Okay. And she's like, ma'am, and am and am, Vernon, Vernon, Vernon. And he's like, right, fine. So he goes out to, oh, they're in Mount Carmel. That's yep. where that's where this, this offshoot of Seventh-day Adventists have plopped themselves mm-hmm. in the compound that was eventually called Waco at Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he goes out to the graveyard. Pops over. Pops over. With a shovel, exhumes a corpse, puts it in the chapel, and then goes, Oi, Vernie, let's have a competition and see who can resurrect this corpse from the dead. And whoever can do that, they're the new leader. (laughs) And I reckon that an arm wrestle would have done just as well. Just, uh, yeah, I think kind of... Anything would have done better than... I mean, like, the fact that there is more story after that is what, amazing what to need? me. What, what I mean, like, if, if if this conversation, if this whole podcast was kind of based on, hey, do you remember that fucking mental situation, <laughs> how those two guys got together and exhumed that body and argued about who could fucking resurrect it yes. first? Like, I'd be like, oh, man, that's a... Br-. Like, I'm, I'm on board for that. Like, uh, a million okay, percent. Okay, granted, I... Like, I'm pretty close to challenging you to a resurrect-off, except I don't know where to find a corpse. So... We'll chat later. Okay, fine. Off air. Uh, If anyone knows where to find a corpse, please don't contact us. Contact Um, me. But Vernie goes, no, he has a bit of a plan, because he's not school stupid now. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's still stupid now, but he's not well, school stupid now. Yep, that's, that's right. Yep. That's right. I mean, he's smart enough to know he's smart to have en- Michael Hutchins' hair. Yeah, look, he's smart enough to argue with another man about who is more likely to resurrect a dead body. Put yep. it that way. Yep. But Vernie goes, I need to get old, violent, punchy George Roden mm-hmm. out yep. of Mount Carmel because that's way better than living in a bus. So he... He goes to the police and he says, I know a guy that's been messing around with a corpse. Mm -hmm. And the police go, we need proof. So that's when Vernie sneaks into the Mount Carmel compound with a bunch of people with guns. And Texan shootout. (laughs) I love a Texan shootout. Yeah. And I only know of one. Yeah. And then all the movies. Like this isn't 1922. No. You know, it's 1989. When resurrection competitions were happening all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You couldn't, yeah. yeah. Pop on every corner, resurrection contest in every chapel. Yeah, yeah. Resurrection contest. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. So he tools up with his mates. Mm. They get, yeah. And they pop on over to George, pin him down at gunpoint yeah. by a tree. And I think, it, does he give up at that stage? Is that uh, what happened? I think George got injured and everyone just got arrested. There was a shootout. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, okay. But there's a couple of court cases and George, because he's violent George Roden, mm-hmm. r- writes a bunch of letters to the judge physically threatening him. <laughs> so Koresh and his buddies are let off. Okay. And George, there's a restraining order, so he can't go back to Mount Carmel. So Koresh goes, whoop. Take me to your phone. 
Also, Violent George Roden could be could definitely be a like seventeen year old SoundCloud rapper covered in tattoos, right? So, like, yeah, Koresh moved in, and uh, they found an illegal drug laboratory on the premises, which made methamphetamine, and they also found a large quantity of pornography. Both were removed, but then. Roden split his roommate's head open with an axe at one point. Uh, (laughs) He was found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity, which is always cute. He lived in the Big Springs State Hospital in West Texas, state mental facility, and he escaped and had a heart attack on the hospital grounds. So he didn't even get out. All that meth and porn. (laughs) So suffice to say, Vern is in charge. Mm -hmm. It's around this time... He changed his name. (laughs) And can I just say, Mm. about time, Vernie. Yeah, true. So he decides on David Koresh Mm. because David refers to King David and the Mm -hmm. Davidians because he's the king of all the Davidians. And Koresh, because that's the Hebrew form of Cyrus who, who conquers Babylon or frees Babylon... As I said, the whole book of Revelations was just a cheese dream and I had a lot of trouble following mm. it. Anyway, I mean, the majority holy, of my knowledge of Babylon was from kind of Bob Marley records and stuff, so I don't... I mean, that's that's the... Right. Oh, the whore of Babylon turns up. Oh, really? In book of Revelations. I didn't see so there that. were lots of references to things that I went, oh, that's where it comes from. Mm. Like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The first... I'm going back here, but mm. the first four seals out of the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the seven seals you can tell that whoever wrote it didn't think it through before writing it really so it's like the first seal represents a black horse and the, the horsemen they do stuff the second seal is a white horse and then they get to the third seal and he's like the third seal is a normal a horse red a red horse so it's like, right, we're introducing, you know, we're making Christians okay with, mm-hmm. with gingers. The fourth seal is, is a, a a pale horse. And the fifth seal is like a miniature horse that oh, you, the like... The seal was something else. I wrote it down, but that's the end of the horses after the fourth oh, one. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. I thought it'd be like a small horse. Oh, a pony. A big, a big horse. A pony of the apocalypse. A, a cute circus horse. Oh. Um, race horse. And then someone doing those shadow puppets of a horse. That's yeah. the eighth seal that no one ever talks about. Yeah, it's a shame they don't talk about that. It's my favourite one. I, I propose a new podcast, which is just you and me interpreting the Bible chapter by chapter. Actually, that would be amazing. Fuck. I'll write that on the list in my spare time. Yeah. And David Koresh... And we're fresh for Koresh. Mm-hmm. He's also done some recruiting. He's gone to Israel, where he first thought the end of the world would happen, but now he's decided it's Mount Carmel in Texas. Mm-hmm. Convenient. Very. And he's recruited from California, where he, I want to talk about this for a sec, mm. was also a failed rock star. He marketed himself as a rock star. Wow. Now, yeah. Mr. Jesus, I sent you a link to some of his music. Did you listen to that? I did. So I, I listened to a tune from the what best-selling album Songs for Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was really bad. I mean, for someone with for someone with no full-time job, um, yeah, a relatively passive income, you'd imagine. And let's face it, and he's not inhabited paying... by some holy influence. Yeah, and he's not paying rent. 
No. So, I mean, he's got all the time in the world to sit around and learn how to play guitar. I think his guitar skills weren't too bad, but the vocals... It's all pretty bad. It was all... I mean, you know... It's one of the... Okay, if Simon Cowell... <laughs> Simon Cowell to mm. David Koresh would be... It's a little bit pitchy. It's a no from me. Yeah. I want a version of Idol that's just cult leaders. We've just come up with so many ideas. Yeah. Yeah. This all, is a machine. It's all where, awful. It's where they're made. <laughs> no, that Bible interpretation thing is amazing. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. So let's talk about their beliefs for a second. Sure. Like for me, kind of without going into like massive amounts of detail, the whole idea of just believing that the end of days are coming and they are coming very, very soon mm. is pretty amazing to me. The idea that like... It, it, nothing really kind of matters and in, in some of the docos that I was kind of looking at there were some of the guys who were talking about you know there was never any mention of I mean these, these were like young people coming mm. to this you know and there was never any mention of planning for your future life there was you know no, no one was to. planning to, to go to college or planning on, on no. any kind of career anything like that it was always just well it's going to end soon you know but I, and I think yeah. that kind of works quite well like if I was if I've, anyone, been, I've been I've uh, been I kind of use that policy when it comes to washing bras. Yeah. Find me a girl who has washed her bra in the last three days. Mm. People don't wash their bras as often as you think they do. Mm. Continue. Well, gross, but I, I, <laughs> I was like, the whole idea of kind of just the fact that nothing would matter, you know, like that. that's kind of when I was looking into this stuff, I was like, fuck, like that's... That's It'd be bonkers. very relaxing. People would, and it would be amazing. You know, I'm like, freaking out right now because I haven't done my tax yet. Don't and worry I about just, it. I just oh be, if someone would ask me to do anything, if I was there and I believe that, and someone asked me to do anything, I'd just point up to the sky and yeah. just shake my head. If that I get audited, I'll just go, dude. I thought like, the apocalypse oh, would come. That's cool, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Mum would be like, "Wait, great, come on." Who's Wait. your accountant? A beast made of eyes. <laughs> Done. Yeah, who's yours, loser? Yeah, yeah. No, but like that I'm idea. This entire compound is an as an expense. Yeah, mum would be like, clean your room. I'd be like, oh, mm, really? Yeah. Come on. By the time I, by the time I finish cleaning my room, the world's gonna burn. Personally, I am fascinated by that mindset. How individuals can form a mindset where they think that it doesn't matter what they do in that time because literally in a couple of weeks the end of the world is nigh literally and that and that's 100% what they believed and I am it, it fascinates me absolutely, absolutely fascinates me and, and I wonder how I would act in that situation especially because it's such a risk if you pinpoint a date mm. or even a year and you're wrong you're fucked but some of their beliefs were oh they're all vegetarians which just counts me out really? I mean I understand vegetarianism and I support it but I choose to ignore it mm. is that bad they believe that the King James Bible was the only version I don't know I just know that there's old versions and new versions and the new ones are marginally easier to read they believe that the lamb mentioned in Revelation 5.2 mm. was David Koresh himself yep David Koresh is a lamb they believe that after the breaking of the seals oh I broke the seal just before. Did you? Yeah, I just popped to the bathroom. Yeah. Which one was it? Oh, it was... No, oh, that was, was only the second. Yeah. No, I broke, we, we've, we've been drinking wine all afternoon, <laughs> yeah. so I just broke the seal before. 
Uh, they believed that Christ would return to Earth and a battle would occur in which the Branch Davidians would play a major role. Mm-hmm. Greg, sorry, yeah. Mr. Jesus. Okay. A great and extremely convenient little belief happened, mm-hmm. which was, and I'm doing inverted commas, the new light. Okay. And this is what the newly named David Koresh called his wife policy. Sexy, 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 sex. Now, David... Look, can I just say, I love the fact that a person has a wife policy. Yeah. The fact that he's kind of drafted some kind of policy about, um, yeah, I guess the, the people that he can just sleep with whenever he wishes. Yeah, so the basic tenet is that everybody that's all married, already married in the Branch Davidians forgoes their wife. Mm-hmm. And everybody has to be celibate except David Koresh and any of the new wives that he chooses to sleep with, which were completely coincidentally all the hot chicks. So every, nobody's having sex except Koresh and the people he chooses. And I have a little quote from Koresh's mother from a doco, which is, let's call it adorable. It's, it's not always fun having more than one wife because you know how women are. She said that about her son. It's like, okay. yeah, don't don't think that he was just being selfish because women, because bitches be cray. Because chicks, right? Right? Yeah. And the, and she would have been a good, like, f- mid-50s, 60-year-old kind of woman like, going, chicks, right? Bonnie Sue loved her son. <laughs> There's Okay, this is an unsubstantiated quote. It's mm-hmm. from an ex-member, and apparently we have to take those with a grain of salt. Okay. But apparently Koresh said... On a number of occasions, I am Jesus Christ returned with a dick. I have two comments. One, I'm fairly sure Jesus Christ had a dick. Yep. But also maybe he meant I am Jesus Christ returned and I'm a dick. Yeah. I guess it's all about interpretation. It is. Isn't it? Like the book of Revelation, which I'm now obsessed with. Both valuable. So in Texas at that time, 14, that's the age at... Which it's legal for... Do you know what it is now? I don't know what it is No, nor do I. I kind of pitched that like I knew what the answer was. That's with parental consent. And I think it might have been 17 without it, but I don't know, for marriage. But the closest that we can get really to confirmed sexy times with Koresh Mm. and girls was about 13. Uh, So he, he definitely could have been done... For statutory rape. statutory rape, part of this is dangerous territory. You know, like talking yeah. about like yeah, like it's one of those things where it's like the the, the pedophilia thing is. Oh, the pedophilia dang, thing like, is like, horrible. Uh, yeah. Pedophilia is bad, and it's it's fucked up. But I'm I find fascinating the way that he just made up rules about him having all the sex and no one else having the sex. Amazing, and the parents of these poor kids were were all. Going, yeah. Consensual. They're like, please, they're sending their daughters to go and have sex with the Messiah. So the idea was that he, he wants to have lots of children Mm -hmm. and he does. I think it's between 12 and 17 children because part of the book of Revelation has 24 elders Mm -hmm. overlooking the whole process. And so he wanted to have 24 children who would be the elders, which kind of, I don't know, there's a generation problem there. 
But girls as young as 11 were given a plastic star of David, which I think, like, that signifies that you are eligible to marry David. Right. Could you not give them at least some sterling silver, you cheap bastard? Pretty cheap, yeah. I mean... One of my favourite things, though, because there were some Australian members, because he did the recruiting in, you know, California, Australia, the UK Mm. and Israel... So when Koresh said, okay, if you're already married, that's dissolved. It doesn't matter anymore. All wives are my wives. A bunch of Australians at that point went, fuck that, mate. So that it was basically the only group to rebel when he made that announcement was a bunch of Australians that went, nah. <laughs> I love that so much. Fucking good on your It's Aussies. pretty funny, like, you know, even pushed to the absolute extreme. <laughs> the, the line that they draw is, well, you want to fuck my wife? Get nah, out mate, of here. Get yeah, fuck off. I'm going, I'm going back to Fitzroy. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but it's like, that's where they draw the line. Like, he was talking about the end of the world, but they all believed that the end of the world was next Wednesday. Yes. And he goes, I want to fuck your wife. He goes, ah, forget nah, it. Mate. Nah, back mate. to Fitzroy. Yeah, if, I, if, the, world, if the world's going to end. I'm going out yeah. rooting my wife. Yeah. There's only one person fucking my <laughs> wife at the end of days. But I saw an interview, an interview with one of the old Australian members, Graham Craddock, uh, says... Most Australian name ever. Right? Yeah. No, Bruce Craddock would have been. Yeah. But Graham Craddock said, and this becomes problematic in the second bit. I don't believe David had little children as wives, but some were under what you would consider the legal age. But wait, wait. No. So- no, Sorry, that's not the problematic. Yep, okay. But what is the legal age? Do we go by Western rules or by biblical teachings? Mm. Go by Western rules. Western rules. Like... Yeah, definitely Western rules. Yeah. Yeah. Like, biblical teachings... 100% Western rules. Okay. De- definitely go by yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter. Even if you encounter, in your biblical teachings, mm. a creature made out of eyes, which I'm obsessed with, with... Yeah. Um, and a sword for a time. Don't fuck it unless you unless it's of age. Yeah, just check its driver's license. That's and... right. They'd get a driver's license so easily. Well, like they'd... you wouldn't need rear vision mirrors. Yeah, and they'd, if pa- you were... they'd pass that vision test. Yeah, eleven out of ten. They'd be reading the eye chart the next suburb over. God. <laughs> All right. So they pretty much thought that the world was going to end. Mm-hmm. It was probably going to be instigated by the government. So they started stockpiling let's call it a metric shitload is that too technical no that's of fine. weapons they would go to my, my understanding was that there were a lot of a lot of the kind of relatively high level leaders of it who would go to gun shows yeah. and buy those guns there are there are some separate laws as to whether you purchase firearms at gun shows, I think you can kind of get them in hand at a faster rate as opposed to going through a you know d- different ways. Yeah. Um, they were purchasing them, they were selling them, they were making money, and they were also kind of stockpiling them and also adjusting them. They So they'd purchase, they'd legally purchase AR-15s. Mm-hmm. Um, I can recite that because of my love of guns, which was semi-automatic. And they were converting them to MR-16s, which are fully automatic. Mm-hmm. That's what I think that means yeah i think that's right so all the things that you can buy to do that are legal but you need a a special license and to pay a fee to the government Mm. to actually do that 
Yeah, that's right. I think so you somehow need some kind of government permission in order to put all those parts together yes. to make a fully automatic rifle. Yeah. Yes. It's like uh, making certain robots. If it's, if it's just something that's going to vacuum your floors, it's fine. But if but something's if... going to vacuum your knob, then it's... More... <laughs> Sorry, is that what you were... Uh, I was going for kind of the T2... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You were going killing more... robots. You were going killing robot robots. As... Oh, okay. mm. Well, that's the difference between. I don't think the legislation for wanking robots is finalised yet. Really? Thank yeah. God. Thank God for that. Weirdly enough, everyone's procrastinating. Mm. Apparently, in the year or two years before the siege, Koresh stockpiled something like forty-three thousand dollars worth of guns. Wow. A typical day in the compound is basically survival skills. Mm-hmm learning some gun skills mm-hmm. and then up to 15 hours of Bible study, which is David making these connections. He's preaching yep. from the Bible. And I've seen some footage from good old Australian show, A Current Affair, because mm. uh, they did a story in, I think, 92 online. I couldn't find the original story, but there's the raw footage of him just preaching. And in the middle of it, he stops and goes, is that enough? <laughs> And old Aussie goes, keep going. (laughs) It's amazing and very boring. So, yeah, typical day. It's all very much we're going to survive. We're learning survival skills. We're learning shooting skills. We're learning to throw grenades. And we're learning about the Armageddon bit of the Bible. And the current affair, the the Australian kind of connection was because there was a number of Australian um, kind of attendees of the cult who kind of, you know, dropped everything in their homeland, move over to their sorry, moved over to uh, to the Mount Carmel Centre and a, a current affair, which was a you know a current affair show, believe it or not, <laughs> uh, went went over there and kind of did an interview with it and and got a, an all access kind of granted yeah and kind of thing. A, I know there's an American version of the show, but it's like the Australian version of the show took a break from exposing dodgy builders and showing <laughs> fat people from the net down to do some actual proper research. Yeah, some legitimate journalistic <laughs> kind of. Yeah, it's well absolutely done, incredible. ACA. Good on you. Yeah. So we're getting we're getting close to. I reckon, let's say, boiling point. <laughs> I think so. We've um, got someone that reckons that Armageddon is imminent, mm-hmm. who is also stockpiling weapons. And one of the one of the members of the church, uh, a gentleman by the name of Paul Fatter, was a federal firearms licensed dealer. Paul Fatter. There is not a single person in this cult without an awesome name. Yeah, no, it's incredible. But anyway, so th- there is a federal licensed firearms dealer within the compound themselves so so yeah they're expecting the apocalypse Mm -hmm. there's apparently a couple of federal agents living across the road keeping an eye on the old compound there's discussions around the political context in which the raid took place kind of the atf who were somewhat kind of disenchanted with a number of things regarding their roles yeah the atf is the Department of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, Mm -hmm. which to me sounds like Saturday night. I'm sure there's American listeners right now who are just absolutely furious with our ignorance relating to that. Absolutely, but but I think we're owning it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Either way, compared to the FBI, for example, the Mm -hmm. ATF Mm -hmm. have... A relatively limited scope with which within which they're allowed to operate yeah and they wanted to do the compound for 
the weapons. They wanted to raid the compound. Mm-hmm. But they threw it in order to convince the right people to get the warrants they needed. Uh, they threw in a couple of allegations about child abuse and sexual misconduct and all that sort of things. And they also had some ex some ex members that were claiming that their daughters, you know, were being sexually abused. Mm. Not a lot of that has been confirmed. Child abuse, especially, like people saying that they got. Um, spanked with a wooden paddle until their bottoms bled, which is an uncomfortable sentence. Uh, but there's not a huge amount of evidence. And this is where we start into the whole they said, we said. Because this is good God-fearing folk mm-hmm. versus the government. Um, so we have to head into the tough bit. Yeah. And it's not fun. And the most interesting bit about this, though, because there was a raid which became a 51-day siege, which became fiery deaths of many people. And this entire thing, there's not a single day of this process that isn't hotly contested, and it has been hotly contested in the courts. You've got a number of different people involved. You've got people interested in guns. You've got people interested in religion. You've got people interested in all kinds of social or legal justice and injustice and Mm. it's a big old mess yeah it's pretty interesting kind of reading the public records about what actually occurred because there's very little information about the kind of blow by blow kind of stuff like there's an understanding where the ATF wished to kind of move in wished to move in on the compound hoped to do so whilst the men and the women were separated. So the the idea was for the men to go out whilst they kind of tend to the land, the women stay inside, but the point of entry was meant to be a time where the Davidians were separated from mm. the armory, which they'd also kind of identified. However, there was rain apparently beforehand. Oh. Yeah, a few days beforehand. So Mud. Yeah, that's right. So Foiled by mud again. Foiled by mud again. First World War One. <laughs> Now this. <laughs> so there was an so there was an identification that the lands for which they were tilling is that what they call tilling the land? I think so. Yeah. This is all a study I haven't done. Mm, which they so they were th- and they were intending to do that to to kind of strike. Maybe when... they were planting bullets and hoping to grow guns. <laughs> Sounds like a Waco thing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Um, but because it was wet and muddy, the no one was out. You know, tilling the land. So everyone was still inside with access to the weapons. Do you know who controls the weather? Go on. I know, winds. I was going to say God, but I don't believe in that. Yeah, nor do I. But they were all inside with access to the weapons and the order was still to go ahead. Plus, word is, Mm. on the day that the alcohol, tobacco and firearms agents were set to do the raid, Mm -hmm. that the Branch Davidians were tipped off. So, some of the witness accounts say that David Koresh was coming in saying, hey, they're on their way. Yeah. Um, and there's not a massive understanding as to why he knew about that, but there's... There's a couple of stories, but this is okay. everything from this point. Everything from February 28, mm. 93, which mm-hmm. is the day of the raid. Everything from there has two sides. Absolutely. And you could... You could trawl your way through incredibly low-quality documentaries forever. In a nutshell, you've got the raid, the initial raid on February 28th. 
So the ATF agents come in. Um, they're also claiming child abuse, but that's not actually their jurisdiction. So there's a lot of chat about that as well. Four ATF agents killed and six Branch Davidians killed, being shot. That leads to a 51-day siege that ends in a big fire. There was So, essentially, I mean, there was a 51-day... 51 days of non-stop media coverage of it. And the FBI took over after a mm. short while because as soon as you get agents killed, then it becomes an FBI mm-hmm. thing, which is kind of almost a blessing because the FBI negotiators are much better than alcohol, tobacco and firearms. I mean, can you imagine the people involved in that? I, I read somewhere that the the ATF agents, they write their blood type on either their neck or their arm before they go in for raids so that if they're killed, people know their blood... Or injured, people know oh their blood God. type. Oh, wow. God. That's fucked up. Um, so, 51-day siege, and you've got techniques being used on both sides. Mm-hmm. So, Koresh is in there. He's been shot in the guts, uh, and he's making videos, and he's showing his wounds, and he's showing his... 18,000 children. It's probably 12. Um, He's making videos. He's calling the press Mm -hmm. and the press he trusts. Um, There's a CNN interview. So there's this kind of crazy standoff in which David Koresh kind of realizes that there's going to be kind of significant legal action against him and the rest of his congregation. Also, he's going, I've been preaching about Armageddon and everything. This is... I have never seemed more credible. He couldn't have lucked out more so. I mean, he kind of... In all the garbage that he's been kind of spitting to these poor, troubled people, he... Everything just kind of fucking comes up aces for him because he, you know, actively kind of uh, rebels against the authorities and subsequently kind of creates his own truth to all his kind of yeah. followers by doing so. You know so. how like I've it's... been saying we've been persecuted? Look at those people persecuted. Exactly right. You know how I said we'd go down in flames? Granted, the Bible said swords. We'll just interpret that as mm. guns. Look at all those guns. Mm. We've got people dead. We, mm. if you can't kill for God, you're not worthy. Exactly That's what right. he's telling these people. Exactly right. So yeah. they're like, great, let's take one of these squillions of guns and let's fight. One of the techniques on the Branch Davidian side is Koresh going, okay, can you, look, we just, we just want to stay here for Passover because one of the Seventh-day Adventists and Branch Davidians things is that they observe all the feasts and things. And then he's like, I just want to write down my interpretation of the book of Revelations. And then he's like, I promise to be out by this date. And when they weren't, he said, okay, I promise to be out by this date. But the techniques on the other side I kind of prefer purely because of their inventiveness. Like, they were mean. Mm -hmm. This entire standoff, I'm going to say, is white men trying to prove how big their dicks are. It's classic. The FBI and the ATF, they're shining bright lights into the compound all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. They're cutting the power. They're even, like, running over their vehicles with tanks. But the... They reckon one of the worst things was was throughout the night, they're playing very loudly 
Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Were Made For Walking. And to be honest, like, between you and me, that's a banger of a tune. If, I mean, if I... If you want me to stay in a compound, play that at me day and non-stop. night. Non-stop. And play it louder as well. I'm in a comp... I'm picturing myself in a compound, mm. gathering anyone that wants to join me in making up a jazz ballet routine. Mm, yeah. And I'm loving that. Yeah, for sure. They also did a bit of Tibetan chant, which... Depends on the artist, honestly, but yeah, no, that probably works better than Nancy. I think they also also were playing kind of recordings of chickens being killed. Really? Well. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I heard. That they were kind That's of fucking blasting kind of these awful kind of sounds to it. Yeah, and and it kind of makes sense. You know, it makes sense that kind of these two parties weren't getting along yeah. when one party is kind of blasting these kinds of yeah. things towards the other. Mister Jesus, Greg Morrow, what are your thoughts on blame? What are your thoughts on who was worse? Because I'm on the fence. I don't believe yeah. all the propaganda and stuff and the conspiracy theories, but I think this wasn't handled well on either side. No, look, nor do I. I mean, life in general is always this kind of deep, deep shade of grey. You know, every I know, heavy, right? Nice. But everything is kind of, you know, deeply kind of, you know... Fucked up. Yeah. And cut this bit out. Maybe just... Or cut this bit to make me sound real insightful. I'm not cutting out shades of yeah. grey. Yeah. <laughs> Not Look. if you put $43,000 worth of guns to my head. <laughs> but I think it's like, what was going on was kind of pretty bonkers, you know. I, I think kind of these guys were stockpiling weapons. He was a crazy person. There was, uh, you know, pedophilia going on um, as, to, you know, I mean, well, depending on the states. Sorry, depending on the laws of the state of Texas, mm. which were pretty kind of fucking awful by yeah. what we've discussed already. But it's just kind of this horrible situation and... The entire, you know, the initial kind of assault by the ATF towards the uh, the compound should have been delayed and should it should have been cancelled after and they realised that. Yeah, I mean, they they knew they were armed to the hilt. You know, they knew that they were kind of uh, fucking tooled up, yeah. ready to go, and, and they should have stopped it. Look, but, I know that Koresh is like a, a gifted orator and good, like obviously really good at convincing people and stuff. Mm. And so I take this with a grain of salt. But in one of the videos that he, because he was an egomaniac mm-hmm. and he made, he recorded everything. And one of the videos that he intended people to see, he said, why didn't you just arrest me when I was out jogging on the street like I do every day? And I thought, yeah, like, yeah, why didn't you? I didn't even know about that. There must have been better ways. By the same token, though, everyone's saying we're under siege. We have to, you know, they're attacking us. They're shooting at us. They just want you to come out and go to a court case. Mm-hmm. That's all they want. Both sides totally escalated it. Yeah, I agree. And just, it's, oh, look, it's time to be tough. It's t- time to be tough. And the ATF are kind of driving around in their tanks and running yeah. over vehicles and mooning them, apparently, and flipping them off. Oh, yeah, I did yeah. hear about the mooning. Yeah, and it's, and it's also... That's the thing about, about blokes, see? <laughs> and I don't want to cast aspersions on you, but that's you give right. them any chance to get their their buttocks out mm, and they will they will mm. they will yeah it's i mean it's and not an invitation oh really <laughs> no i'll put my pants but back no, on it won't, yeah because it's a podcast it's an audio medium oh okay yeah. well it's between you and i yeah, true. but i guess um but yeah i mean you know there's also a an awareness that the atf guys were kind of you know that they'd been kind of holed up at this place in uh you know waco texas for 51 days and I think everyone was probably over it. And I think kind Man, of the... all of the Sudoku books were full. They were completed. 
There was nothing else to do. Nothing else. Nothing else except play Chickens Dying and get your ass out for some Mennonite women, you know? The ATF and the FBI, they need pretty much the Attorney General, Janet Reno's okay Mm -hmm. to do most things. She had to say hello to the... uh, Say hello. (laughs) Hello. Hello. You can... Hey, guys. Hey, I'm the Attorney General. Hi. She had to say okay to a lot of the raids and the use of gas and be convinced that gas would be okay in, in, in an enclosed space and that sort of thing. So a lot of the blame has gone to her for saying yes to this. The FBI is saying to the Attorney General, look, it's time we got them out. Gas is complete, tear gas is completely fine on people in, on, in enclosed spaces mm-hmm. and children, it's fine. Plus, there's rumours that he's actually beating up babies right now, today. Which there was actually no evidence of. Mm. Can we shoot shitloads of tear gas in there and get them out? And she's like, mm, I'm not super fine with this, but okay. Yeah, go on. Cool. Yep. Go on. Good on you, Janet. And so, the tanks that were previously circling the compound because this is tanks people yeah yeah like full-blown tanks that were shipped in from various armories around the state they're those things with the fancy tires Mm, yeah exactly fancy tires and they kind of started literally and it wasn't a matter of kind of you know lobbying some kind of uh putting any kind of gas grenade in any place is is an awful thing but they literally just drove these tanks into the side of this compound uh, fired in a bunch of gas canisters and, they and then backed holes out. in the walls with their sort of... Only, I mean, only Australian les- listeners will know who Mr. Squiggle is, but mm. it's like the Mr. Squiggle version of a tank. It pokes its pencil nose in and then just shoots through little canisters of tear gas. Mm. But wouldn't you think beforehand that... A religious cult in a compound that thought that Armageddon was coming would have gas masks? Yeah, um, you'd think so. You'd, you'd think so. They didn't, though. So they're like, why aren't they coming out? At the time this was happening. Mm. So in March 1993, I'm, I finished a hard day at art school because art school's really difficult. It's Yeah, it's tough. Tough and business out there. And I've the road to a pub that has comedy on Monday nights and Tommy Dean was there doing comedy and he's making jokes about Waco because mm-hmm. the siege is underway and I've remembered this this whole time he said what what does Waco stand for we aren't coming out Tommy Dean you soothsayer over David Koresh's Camaro mm. and I'm at a pub in Paddington listening to a guy crack fun which is exactly See, how I wanted it. Because it's weird. I mean, I my first uh, introduction into this kind of whole topic was the viewing of a made for a made for TV film called Ambush in Waco in the Line of Duty, Ooh. and that traumatized the fuck how? out what, of me. Why? Well, my brother taped it off like Channel Seven I onto. Lo- can I just say, I love your brothers, because I'm not certain how many there are, but you talk about them frequently, and every single time you mention any of them, <laughs> someone's done something cool. Um, 
my brother Alex recorded this uh, made-for-television movie. Hey, Alex, what's up? Hey, man, respect. And I, it scarred me to fucking no end because I was in year three at the time. I would have been, what, seven or eight years oh, old. Like, that's a bad time Actually, to maybe become older. aware of I even cult know. I was just aware of... You're only it's about time to become aware of anything, I think. Long division. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I wasn't even close to no. long division, but I mean, you know, like cursive writing. Are you get the fuck out of here. The What's absolutely not? I, I, I continue to not do that. So where were we? Tanks were going around. Anyway, tanks knocking down the building, yeah. firing in gas canisters, and people discussing about kind of tear gas. Apparently, tear gas is no fucking joke at all. No, and the way they fire it in, if you get hit in the square, it'll kill you. Well, it's going to leave a mark. It'll leave a like small... Somewhere between death and paintball. It's in that yeah. It's in that realm. I've been hit by... A, I've done paintball before and... In the nuts? No. I, you, I'm so sorry because you were doing an in the nuts face. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, that's just what my face looks <laughs> like. If you were in a room with your family and a tear gas canister came into the room uh, you would do anything in your power to get you and your family out of that room unless I had gas masks unless you had gas masks um, or unless you were mental so for this whole siege everyone's blaming everyone no one's really acting how they should be Mm -hmm. and then suddenly there's three massive fires in the compound and unfortunately whenever I read about this or watch anything about this I get Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire in My Head. I ask you, is anyone ever pleased to have a Billy Joel song in their head? No, definitely not. Oh, shit. Do you know Uptown Girl just popped into my head? I love Billy Joel, but he's hands down the worst lyricist to have ever lived in the world. Granted, We Didn't Start the Fire is pretty much a shopping list. But either way, I think we're taking away from the gravity of the moment. So, nobody knows who started the fire. I think in general... I can't... There's no way you can say... There's no way you can say nobody knows who can start the fire without me instantly going Joel. Like, there's no way in the world. The answer is, we didn't start the fire. I mean, (laughs) we didn't start the fire. I think there are absolutely and definitely people pouring fuel. There's multiple reports of that right i think some of the things that oh you know then the fed started shooting in and igniting it but Mm. it is very hard to argue against a cult that thought they would fight to the end and kill for god and die in a fire because if you're choosing who started the fire like if that's Mm. your main bone of contention the original Victor Hutev, who started the first offshoot, he articulated that at some point the Davidians would have to undergo a baptism of fire. Then, Ben Roden, father of violent psychopath George Roden, Roden, that we mentioned yep. before, uh, and his wife Lois Roden, taught that those living at Jerusalem, in inverted commas, would undergo a baptism of fire by full immersion. And Koresh is also always talking about fire as being this cleansing thing. I'm going to say that the Branch Davidians lit the fire. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I, th- I think, like... You already made a sweeping statement about Billy Joel's 
lyrics. So I did, I did, I did. But be ready uh, to die on a hill. Yeah, true. Like the the official kind of result was that the kind of arsonist end of the ATF said that the fire was lit from the inside. Yeah, that was the official statement. And there were. Who, there's kind of a Han Solo Greedo thing from the beginning of the siege mm. as to who shot first and whether someone shot from a helicopter or not. I know that that's from the uh, director's cut of Star Wars Episode Four. Uh, and then there's a who lit the fire. But basically, I think if there's any inquiry into this, it's like, who fucking said yes to this clusterfuck? Yeah, I agree. I mean, like... It's a shambles. It's all over the place. <laughs> I think, like, I mean, they're fucking bonkers. You know what I mean? The dude's fucking bonkers. I think they're like, completely the dude's, fine. The dude's, the dude's fucking, like, you know, uh, multiple wives, having multiple kids, um, killing the authorities. There is no doubt in my mind that that dude burnt the fucking place to the ground. When Plus, could there's have also... just come out. Like, he could have just come out. And saved everyone's life. But you also, know? way to get people aggressive enough to shoot at the feds. Like, just say they have to be celibate and then fuck their wives. Exactly. Like, just... They're going to shoot a, anyone a... they see. 76 Branch Davidians died. And some ATF boys as well. And can I just say, from my research... Under no circumstances, click on the link that says autopsy photos. Yeah, I did that as well. Did you do that? Because burnt bodies don't look like people. Yeah, it's. I I was surprised by that. Burnt bodies look like casseroles. Burnt bodies look like alien casseroles. Yeah. Delicious alien casseroles. I I think. I haven't eaten for a little while. (laughs) There's um, just there. I just feel like every single death could have been avoided. It's just such a strange thing. I mean, it was it, the whole the whole reason that it couldn't just turn out into a peaceful kind of thing was because, um, you know, I mean, David Koresh was nothing but a megalomaniac and had his own kind of um, ideology. And by by saving these poor people and poor children, his own children mm. in this situation was to go against his ideology where he was the king and he was the most important person in the world and he had everyone just servicing him. Oh, I wrote down a bunch of iffy questions. Go on, let's go. And they're really good. One of the questions that had to be established that wasn't, were the Branch Davidians converting the semi-automatics to automatics? One of the excuses used by the ATF was that there was a meth lab in there, Mm -hmm. which is... Koresh had already said, there is a meth lab in here, please take it away. It's illegal. It, it was here when we moved in. Did the ATF agents fire blindly into the compound? That hasn't been established. Who shot first and who shot most? Did, oh, I think this is a super good one. Did or could the FBI have known the high chance that the Branch Davidians would martyr themselves apocalyptically? Knowing what their beliefs were, knowing that they were quite willing to just commit harakiri then are you actually putting their lives at danger by just turning up when they initially went in for the raid there was no kind of from some of the things that I was reading there was no second second plan so based on all this uncertainty timothy mcveigh when mm. the government's fucked i'm going to bomb oklahoma mm-hmm. and there was also the ruby ridge 
siege, which also sort of referred back to this a bit. There's this real aggressive us and them between religious gun fanatics and the government who most definitely have their faults. Mm. That's just ongoing and I can't imagine that it won't just be siege after siege after siege. There is this kind of very fascinating and somewhat kind of an incredibly complex and very difficult situation between the people and the and the government due to a number yes. of different kind of things. I think it's time for random facts. Random facts. I'm talking random facts. I'm talking random facts about cults and that. That is the most perfect thing I've ever heard. Okay. Apparently two of the women that died in the fire were pregnant. And those two happened to be Australians. But I read their autopsy reports, which, can I just say, was a galloping fun party time. Hmm. And it didn't say anything about them being pregnant. One of the things that is a point of contention is how many children and unborn children died. Hmm. But it's like he just... It's like Koresh just sprayed his sperm like a sprinkler across that compound. And there's also a contentiousness to kind of how he died as well, whether he's kind of right-hand man. We didn't even talk about Steve Schneider. Yeah. like his 2IC, which, as I understand, it's different to a 2IC in music retail, which is what I was. Um, He didn't have to stack any shelves. Didn't he? No, but he did. He did speak extensively with FBI negotiators. Okay, right. And as I think you were about to say... Apparently he uh, killed David Koresh and then killed himself. That's what the... uh... And some people say that it's because he finally realised he was dealing with a fraud, but I think it's because... Ah, that whole mess of Armageddon. Here's a cool thing. Hit me. So the survivors of the fire were all taken to court and tried for attempted murder. And the day of the sentencing in 1994 would Mm. have been better publicised. But it was the day that O.J. Simpson decided to go for a little drive. Is that right? Yes. Wow. So it didn't get, like, front page news. Okay. Possibly not till page three, under the tits. Another one. In 2004, uh, Koresh's 1968 Camaro, which had been damaged during the raid, sold for $37,000 at auction. Fuck me. Imagine owing... Owing? Imagine owning... Koresh's Camaro, or even being able to say that properly. Well, the whole thing about Koresh was that he was this fucking dude that just, like, had this... Like, he was living this, like, through this kind of ridiculous theology, was living this fucking bonkers 15-year-old boy's dream, mm. where he... He fucked anyone he wanted. He fucked everyone he wanted. He ate and drank when he wanted. He there owned was, a Camaro. He had a Camaro. What a fucking... I mean, like, <laughs> that's pretty sick. Regardless of your, uh, you know, madness... But he, um, you know, there was this kind of whole story where he was, he was kind of living this kind of odd teenage dream yeah. where... Never became a rock star, though. Never became a rock star, but really did his darndest, you know? Like, all these kind of, you know, and you can literally go on YouTube and listen to this fucking bonkers, awful, half-bit fucking emo, religio, uh, <laughs> fucking, you know, rock and roll that he, that he played with an electric guitar. That is the best string of adjectives I have ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> but he did that like it was it was that thing where he kind of was was doing this stuff and preaching this bullshit just so he could 
get fucked up in his own time. There yep. was kind of, you know, information about him drinking when he wanted to because he was Ooh. the Messiah mm. and eating ice cream when he wanted to. Ice when... cream? No one said anything about ice cream. Well, I mean, like I'm eating outraged. eating when he wanted to and drinking when he wanted to in times where the rest of the congregation couldn't, couldn't do that. So on Twitter, and I can't, oh, I can't remember their name, but mm-hmm. I love you, you're awesome. Uh, they sent... A photo of them dressed as David Koresh for Halloween this year in the US. Oh man, really? It was awesome. That's so really cool. convincing and a little bit spooky. What's the t-shirt? For, what's the fictional t-shirt for this episode? There's a fictional t-shirt for every episode. Oh really? Jesus returned with a dick. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Or we didn't start the fire. That's pretty good as well. My my. We would have to pay royalties. Probably. My contribution is check yourself. Before you caress yourself. Good pause. Thanks, Good man. pause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to talk about, I was about to say, David Waco. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's his name. Thank you, Mr. Jesus. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So in closing, I think there's only one thing to say, which is I'm a fire starter, twisted fire starter, join a cult. Look, I agree to disagree. Uh, I think you will caress around... And nothing's ever going to burn you down. Shush, that's amazing. Thank you. Don't join a cult. Uh, Just look after each other. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Thanks, man. Hey, you've been listening to Zealot, produced by me, Joe Thornley, with snacks and guesswork. My co-host for this episode was Greg Morrow. He's better than that other Greg you hang out with. Further reading and pictures of people can be found on the Zealot Facebook page. And music is by the Everglades. You can be fooled by the rocks that he's got. What? Cults. <laughs>